now. Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I am Kylie. And we are joined today by Carol and Michelle Picaro. Carol is the president and CEO and Michelle is the account executive at U.S. Chemicals. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> We're thrilled to be here, ladies, and so proud of all the things that you've accomplished thus far uh, with Women in Chemicals. Bravo. Yeah, we're excited. Thank you so much. This is a great honor. We love talking to you too. Well, thank you for joining us today. Today's episode is sponsored by the Plaza Group. The, po- the Plaza Group is a minority-owned company established in 1994 and markets refinery products with partner producers from around the world. Their first-class customer service and sales team are dedicated to servicing your product needs and logistical hurdles. They're focused on many products, including acetone, benzene, MEK, toluene, xylene, and several other aromatics in bulk quantities. If you're interested in learning more, look up the Plaza Group for more information. Perfect. Thanks, Amelia. And you guys, thanks again. We're all really excited to have you here. And I can't wait to share this with our community. Um, Wanting to open it up to you both. um, But Carol, I'll direct this first question your way. Uh, Can you introduce yourself to our community? Tell us about how you got to the chemical industry uh, and a little bit about your career to date. Sure. Um, So after I graduated from college, I really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I joined a temporary employment agency and I bounced around to a few jobs. And then finally I landed a job that was pretty long-term. It was over two years with two bond traders. And these bond traders were killing it. Um, They were making a lot of money and I did all their operations in their office. So one day after two years, I went up to the traders and I said, I'd like to learn how to trade too. And they said, well, we have this custom made desk made for just the two of us. And there's no room at this desk. And I was like, oh, I guess I just hit a glass ceiling. So at the time I was about to get married to my husband who was going back to school to change careers and become a dentist. And that takes four years after college. And we were moving to Buffalo, New York So I asked my dad who had this chemical distribution company for a job. And he's like, don't you want to, you know, start a family? And I said, yeah, I want to start a family, but I also want to have a career too. So he reluctantly, or he felt sorry for me because we had negative income because my husband was going to school. So he wasn't working, um, gave me a job and it was pretty much baptism by fire. So we moved to Buffalo, like 350 miles away from my home in the office. And I was given a product list with all these chemical names on it that I didn't know how to spell. I didn't know how to pronounce. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't have a chemistry background and I followed smokestacks back then. So you saw a smokestack, you pulled in, you were nice to the guard who hopefully let you in. You knocked on the door and you say, can I please meet with the purchasing manager? And sometimes you got in. So that's how I got my start in the chemical distribution industry. Um, my father made me a junior account executive. So he wanted to make sure that I knew that I was junior, that I had a lot to learn, which I did over the years. Um, we actually even have coined um, our new employees. We give them a list of Howardisms. So my father's name is Howard, and he had this list of Howardisms. So I wanted to share a couple of them with you, but cash is king. He who sells what isn't hism will wind up in prison. You know that, ladies, right? How many people have tried to sell you something they don't have, right? Anyone can give it away. Sell quality. Treat your vendors like kings. I like to say, treat your vendors like queens, right? Don't buy what you can't sell. And last but not least, ask for the order. So my father was my mentor. He taught me the business. I eventually became a senior account executive, moving up the chain. 
And unfortunately, when he died in 1995 of Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, I became president and CEO of the company. So at that time, I was introduced to WeBank, which is the Women Business Enterprise National Council. And I really wanted to become a member of WeBank because I owned most of the shares. I own 80% of the shares. So um, we went through the qualifications of WeBank and we started to build up um, our diversity status, which was pretty cool. Then in 2016, um, I was starting to get a little burnt out on the business and working really hard. And I'd grown it and had all these employees. So I decided to sell the company to the Maroon Group, which was owned by private equity and some very nice men from Ohio. So they bought the company, but they could not buy or retain this piece that we had built up that focuses on selling products to companies that value diversity in their supply chain. So these usually are large Fortune 100 companies that have diversity departments and they also have metrics. They actually wanna do a certain amount of dollars spend wise with um, diverse companies and being a woman owned company is a minority, believe it or not. So here we are today. Um, I'm still at the women to own piece. Um, and I was actually going to sell the company again a couple of years ago. I had two interested buyers. And at the time, my son, who uh, had just graduated from coding boot camp, lost his job because it was during the pandemic. And so I gave him an internship at the company and he was going to be my investment banker. So he was going to help me upload all my financials to this portal and these two interested buyers would be able to view them. And, you know, we would possibly sell the company. But while he was doing this, he um, found that he became more and more enamored with the business. And so one day he calls me up and says, I'd like to join the, the company, mom. I really think it's fascinating and I think I could help the company. And my girlfriend, long-term girlfriend, who is now his wife, would like to join the company too. And I'm like, whoa, I mean, we're just going to sell this company and now you're going to join the company. So that was crazy. And then about a year later, Miss Michelle over here um, decides to leave Amazon and join the company too. So here we are today. I'm thrilled to be surrounded by such young intelligent, bright people, and it's a thrill every day to be working with my family. It's great. Such an interesting story, Carol. Thanks for sharing. And I, I want to hand it to Michelle to hear her side of a, a similar story, but your experience, Michelle, about your career journey and how you ultimately ended up working with your family here today. Yeah, so I graduated from uh, a college in Connecticut called Fairfield University, where I was at the business school and I was in, uh, majoring in information systems and operations management. And I had done some internships in investment banking, and I just, I wasn't interested in that. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was really into technology, design, innovation, entrepreneurship. And one day, just in our textbook, our business textbook, there was a single paragraph, like five sentences about what a product manager in the software tech world does. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do because they work with designers and developers and they own a feature and a product. And they basically, we make uh, our consumers' lives better by building this product. Um, just so, to interject, it's yeah. so different, isn't it, ladies, that what we call product managers is so different in the tech world, what a product manager is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was a very, um, the whole internet craze in the tech world is still pretty new. And so it was hard to find a job, especially with no experience. Um, I stumbled upon, like, a, I applied to, like, every LinkedIn job post I could find. And then I found one that was, there wasn't even a description because they hadn't launched the product yet. It was, so it wasn't public. And I ended up interviewing. Um, I got the job and I fell in love with the product and I fell in love with the team. 
And it was a startup in New York City called Ray that employed about 20 people. And we built a universal touchscreen remote control for your living room and connected home. And so I worked there for two years. It was an amazing experience. And then I moved to Seattle and started working at Amazon. And at Amazon, I started off in the Fire TV team as a product manager. Um, it was very similar to what I was doing before at the startup in New York. And um, at Amazon, they do encourage you to move around like a, a lot of big companies. Um, so I moved to another team called Alexa Support. And then my final role was in the workforce staffing technology department where I was helping own products that helped um, operation uh, candidates that were applying for operations and fulfillment roles. Um, and so it was, I was at Amazon for a little over four years and I started, I think it was in the pandemic that I just was like, I think I want to do something else. Um, I didn't know what it was and I had no idea where to start. And I think that was kind of just the time where it fell into place that I was like, maybe I should try working at the business. And uh, I had grown up around the chemical industry my whole life. It's just something that I knew was part of my mom. And um, my mom also uh, asked my brother and I to be the board uh, on the board of her company for the past seven years. So we met quarterly to talk about the business. And I think as I had my own career, I started to grow up and realized, okay, this is, I kind of understand what my mom does now. And it's really interesting. And so that was when I started talking to my brother because he had joined before me. I said to him, it was really important to me to say, are you okay with me joining? Because he had already joined and I wanted to make sure that that was okay. Um, that was really important for me. Um, and I took a few months of us talking back and forth being like, is this the right thing? Because for us, ultimately, this is just a business and family is more important than business. So we have made promises to each other that if anything ever happens, that we're family first. Um, and that's why I think it's super important to be open and honest when you are working with your family. But I think it comes naturally to us because it's just kind of how we've always interacted as a family, um, which is really unique. And yeah, um, I learned from my career that in product management that I wanted to build things and I wanted to be a part of things. And I think that really transferred over to the chemical world that like you're part of building something that millions of people use. And that's kind of what excites me about this business and gets me up every day. So yeah. Great. Such a cool story. Um, so many questions come to mind when I hear you guys both talk about how you ended up where you are now, which, you know, a couple years down the road, who knows where this story will take you guys. Um, maybe we'll have to do a follow-up interview in a couple of years, see where <laughs> you guys end up. Um, on the topic of these big decisions that you guys have made to join the family business, Carol, can you talk about how you felt when you found out that your son and Michelle here uh, would be joining the family business. Um, were there any correlations to those feelings um, compared to when you joined the family business as well? Well, I was thrilled. Um, I've been after the kids to join the business for decades um, or ever since they graduated from college. It was really important to me that they go out and get experience, which they both did which is awesome. But my husband being a dentist ran his own business and, and me with US Chemicals, we had the luxury of, of owning businesses and the kids grew up with two parents that were self-employed. Um, there are a lot of advantages to owning your own business. Uh, you can control your destiny, which is pretty cool. Um, but there's a lot of headaches and a lot of hard work that come with that too. I mean, you have to learn how to turn it off because it is sort of your baby. Um, but I was thrilled. Um, I think I've asked Michelle, what do you think? 50 times maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe sometimes on my knees. 
Um, I think she got a great education at uh, Amazon. Uh, I always say it was her MBA. I know you ladies are getting your MBA and I'm very proud of you. You have full-time jobs. You do women in chemicals, then you're getting your MBA. So I'm very impressed. Um, but when you work at Amazon, it really is um, a crazy, crazy education. So we're so happy to tap into Michelle's, all her skills and uh, we're thrilled. Chris is amazing. Lauren, his wife, we're just so lucky. I, I call it U.S. Chemicals 2.0 because yep. it's it's like, you know, this young youth. And I feel like I, I get a, you guys give me a shot of B12 every day and keep me young. You know, I never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Not so open to change. Like they can say, you know, we want to do this, want to do this. I mean, right now we're into cybersecurity. Our son's mm-hmm. got us in cybersecurity. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't know what it is, but you go for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I don't know if my father felt the same way. I think after, uh, over time, I became the top, you know, person that was in sales uh, within two years. So I think over time, he was like, oh, wow, she's really kind of serious. You know, this isn't just a get me through dental school kind of job. So, um, but yeah, over time, it, he definitely, I think, really respected what I did. He was it was a great role model. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys have created something special here. And I think it's fantastic that this carries on multiple generations at this rate. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. So Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about what has been the most surprising thing you've learned about your mom since you started working with us chemicals together? Um, Has your perspective of your mom changed? since you've gotten to start working together a little bit more closely in this role? Yeah, I didn't realize it when I was younger, but I realize now that my mom was just trying to be the best business owner and the best mom that she could be. And her being a CEO was just normal to me. It was just like an extension of who she was. It was all I knew and I loved her for it, but um, it's, this is when I am starting to realize like what that actually meant as I'm growing up and becoming older. And I have these amazing memories of going on. She would bring us on trips, family trips, um, to visit her customers and suppliers. We'd have dinner with them. I met the kids and, um, it was so fun and, uh, just great memories. And then I would go, when I was younger, I would go to her office after school. And I like distinctly remember going into her office. She had this like big leather swivel chair as like a, you know, a kid that's 10, that's like a big chair. And it, and it had, she had this giant wooden desk and I just sat in the chair and I was like, I just want to be her. And so, yeah, I mean, she's like, the thing was that she was always home for dinner. Um, she went to all my games. She was my brownie troop leader she, you know, she was still my mom, but what I didn't know at the time was when, after she put us to bed, when we we're younger, she would go work on her computer till like 11 or 12. And that was just what she did and what she had to do. And I didn't know that. And, um, I think I'm just appreciating it now. She's always been my role model and the person I want to be when I grow up. Um, <laughs> but working with her now has made me love her even more and just like appreciate um, everything she's done for us and everything she's done for her company. And yeah. um, um, I do think my brother and I joined the company at a really great time in our lives though. We, I'm almost 30. My brother is in his thirties and we have like this career experience that we already Um, you know, learned a bunch of skills. So we're able to have like this new um, layer with my mom that's like professional. And it's, it's really interesting. And it's really cool. Um, And yeah. I think that's so unique. (laughs) I think that's so unique. I can only imagine the dynamic that you guys like work through every single day to you. It's, it's your norm. And it sounds like you operate within these different roles and responsibilities in your life, your work life, your family life, 
so well. Yeah, I think something that's really cool is that I can't, I can't ever get over this feeling, but I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure you have role models at work that you look up to. And you. so when I'm in a meeting uh, or meeting internally or externally with a customer and I, I hear my mom speak and it's like, whoa, wow. And then I like this woman is really professional, really knows what she's doing. That's who I want to be. And then I'm like, that's also my mom. That's like a really cool thing to be like, just realize that. And it, I, I'm just so proud to be your daughter. Yeah. And I'm going to pass it back to you, Carol, because <laughs> you've probably got some comments there, but. Um. Yeah, I, I'm a lucky mom because, um, you know, I had, I thought good relationships with my kids, you know, prior to them working, but now, I mean, I'm lucky. I get to talk to them every day. And they call me, you know, I'm not calling them. How you doing? I haven't heard from you in about a week. Yeah. You alive. Um, and they just have some great ideas. And I definitely have heard I love you a lot more than, which is kind of unusual since they've come to work. Usually, you know, you don't really like your boss. So that's been really very, very nice. So, But again, I, I pinch myself because, you know, I've got such talent, you know, I, these kids are just so darn smart, you know, and that's what you want to do as a, as a business owner. You want to surround yourself with people that are a lot smarter than you are. So. Mm-hmm. Great teacher though. Best teacher. Oh, this is so fun to just kind of sit on the sidelines and look at this dynamic. Um, so Carol, to kind of add a little bit to that and you've touched on it a little bit, but let's talk a little bit more about how your perspective of Michelle has changed since she started um, working more professionally directly under you? Um, and how do you manage balancing your mother-daughter dynamic and the professional dynamic? So you guys talk a little bit about how you see that there was these roles and you navigate through it. Um, but how do you manage balancing that? How do you, do you have to switch it off sometimes? Or is it kind of a tricky balance? What does that look like? Um, so I, you know, I was there for Michelle when she was at Amazon. Um, so I did go through her ups and downs of the job. So I knew how professional she was. I knew what a hard worker she was. And I knew how she took it personally a lot. And she came up with really great ideas. And unfortunately, a lot of times it landed on deaf ears. So that was really frustrating. So that's why I kept saying, come, come work with us. Come work with us. We will listen. We will keep an open mind. Um, but I think the mother-daughter thing, how we turn it off, I think we're pretty good at that. You know, we're good at, you know, having fun on the weekends. You know, just the other day we had a dance party. <laughs> just blare music and dance around and be funny. Um, we luckily like to do a lot of the same things, which is skiing. And now Michelle's picked up golf again. So these are golf prints behind us. Um, and just to touch on golf for just a second, um, in my career, that was probably one of the best things I did is pick up the game of golf. And I picked it up later on, actually from one of my suppliers, mm-hmm. who was very patient with me and brought me out on the golf course and teed up my ball, even in the rough. He said, it's like, don't worry, we're not winning any prizes, but, uh, they made it fun. And we went to these beautiful places and we were outside and we were doing business. We're getting paid for this. So uh, I'm so happy that Michelle and Chris have both come back to the game of golf. Um, so it's something that we can do. And uh, yeah, and sometimes we have to say, let's, you know, let's drop it. Let's not talk about business. But we're pretty good at that because we do have sure. some side interests, which is great. Sure. But I've definitely, um, Michelle's traits of being competitive, determined, and hardworking on and off the um athletic field and now at work I mean that's just you know been amplified since she's come to work which is which are are all great skills especially in sales absolutely so we touched a little bit on it um about how there have been situations where you're like let's just turn this off and and revisit later so Michelle uh, I'm going to gear this one towards you have there ever been any kind of more major disagreements around the business since you and your your brother and your brother's wife have joined the company um how have you guys managed through disagreements and worked through those 
Yeah, I think we've had dis made disagreements. I don't think we've had anything major, um, but I think it's normal for, you know, to have disagreements in a business setting and also in a family setting. But I do think we have this like healthy business discussions. We know that this is a discussion around a business. This isn't personal. Um, and we make like a conscious effort to learn, uh, to listen to each other's opinions and just be really open about it. Um, and I always just try to remind myself that my mom has been doing this way longer than I have and that she only disagrees because she cares. Um, and I do think we really balance each other out nicely with our personalities. My brother is a little more reserved and quiet, but really, really uh, intellectual. Um, and it's not just the three of us. We have like this amazing company and really smart people that we like to have discussions with and just collaborate with. And I think we like to get everyone involved um, to solve issues all the time. Um, but my mom, like she said, she's made it very clear that she calls this the new generation and like the 2.0. And I think that's really, really cool to have a boss and a mom that thinks like that because I know how important this business is for her because she worked so hard, but she is open to change. Um, and yeah, I think one of the most interesting parts about working with your family is that because we have known each other so long, we can be open and honest. Mm -hmm. So we're open and honest up front before like it bubbles up and becomes something. So I think that's the best way to handle a family business and working with family is just, you have to be open and honest. So we've kind of navigated that and figured it out and it's been great so far. Yeah, you make two good comments, Michelle, I, that I really appreciate. And I am like, so proud of you for what you've learned already. I am blown away. Michelle, you made a comment about how you guys know that this is a business. This isn't something that you guys can really take personally. And I've had to learn that over my career already so far that, you know, sometimes things don't go as planned or negotiations aren't working in my favor and things like that. Um, and I've really had to learn to not take those things personally. So I, I am a true testament to what you're speaking to. Um, I'm, I'm hearing that with open ears. Um, and then Michelle, you touched on Carol's ability to be so open and flexible to change. I think that's huge as she embraces you guys entering into this company that you guys have worked so hard to build. I think that's great. Amelia, do you have any comments? I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I haven't given you a chance to chime in here. No worries. This has been such like a heart touching interview. <laughs> like I love hearing you guys talk about each other. It's so sweet. And I, one key point that you made, Michelle, that I think is like really important is that you guys like made promises to each other that at the end of the day, your family. So I think that really gives, and it seems like it gives you like kind of a place of security to be honest with each other, because you know that at the end of the day, your family is more important than the business and you all want what's best for each other in the business. And it's really inspiring to see what a cohesive, like healthy dynamic you have. And may we, may we all just, have daughters who assume that it's normal for their mom to be a CEO. Like that is so <laughs> badass. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. I wasn't a badass brownie leader though. <laughs> I don't think you can yeah. be a badass brownie leader. <laughs> you showed up though, Carol, and that's what matters. So you guys, the next question I'm going to gear kind of at both of you. Um, they're similarly related, but I think based on your experience might have different answers. So um, asking you both with your experience working in the chemicals industry so far, what has your experience been like in your perception of the industry being male dominated? If you've ran into situations where uh, you have had that perception where the industry is male dominated, how have you navigated through that? When I first joined the industry back in 1984, it was, I think there were hardly any women in purchasing. I think the only place I saw women were mostly as receptionists and maybe in HR. But 
But I have to say, back in 1984, when I was following a smokestack and I stopped at this plant and I met this really nice older man, he gave me a chance. He said, I buy this product, I pay around this, and these are the approved sources. Can you find this for me? And if you can, I will give you a chance and I will give you the order. And I'll never forget that he gave me that chance. So he wasn't, it wasn't, didn't matter that he was male or female, but it was an older man that gave me that chance. And that was the start of the feeling that any of you that are in sales is this high that you get when you connect like really good products with really good customers and you get the order, it's just like, wow, I want to do that again. <laughs> I mean, that feels great. Um, and that's kind of how I got sort of addicted to sales. I just love it because it's, it's basically being yourself with people and being honest and, and selling the best products that you can. And then over time, I've been lucky enough to just have to work with the customers I want to work with, the people that really respect you. So I think over, over time that um, we have run into rarely uh, people that don't respect women, but it is rare. We've also run into bullies, uh, which is rare. They come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, they can be female too. And um, my family knows all too well that um, a, a bullying situation happened to me a long time ago. It actually brought me to tears. And there is some um, companies, light bulb and appliances that will not be allowed in my house. And that's because I stood up to a bully. I will not buy and not support bullies. So that's my, my two cents. <laughs> I know it's really insignificant that I'm not buying this, this company's products, but it's But it impacted, it impacted your story, who you are. I hear you speak your story. I, I'm open ears for that. Um, Michelle, how about you? What has your perception so far in your career been like um, within the chemicals industry? Yeah. So, I mean, in tech, it was also pretty male dominated, but I think, I think that might just be STEM that, you know, the STEM has, you know, attracted men more. And I do think there are more women that are coming um, and getting interested. And it's really, really exciting to see. And I love an organization like Women in Chemicals that is, is also like fostering these conversations in these communities. But I think the biggest thing for me is in this chem in the chemical industry is age. I don't see a lot of people that look like me. Um, I see a lot of older people, no offense. Um, and it's great because I think they're super knowledgeable, but I would really like to see more diversity in like the future generations and the future leaderships of this industry. And um, I think it's important for the current leaders in the chemical industry to be proactively thinking about how can they foster this within their organizations and hiring not only young women, but, you know, all types of people. So we can continue this amazing uh, industry for decades to come. And I think it's also on us as a younger generation to step up and, you know, go to the table and take a seat at the table and, you know, bring your ideas forward because um, that's also on us. And so I think another thing is like education of the chemical industry, specifically the business side of it. Um, I have to explain all the time what I do to my friends. They don't understand it. It takes a really long time. And there's these stereotypes that chemicals are bad. Um, Chemical distributors are just middlemen that, um, you know, can be, you know, replaced. And I don't think that's right at all. And I, I, it's really hard to hear that. And so I just want, and I would love to keep up this education of this business because it's a wonderful business with great people. And I think we need to start educating people more um, and get these women, young women, young all types of people to join. I think you've spoken to like 
three major women in chemicals long-term initiatives. <laughs> Michelle, with that answer, um, Amelia, I don't know what your thoughts are here, but um, we completely agree. Um, we have learned over time, you know, over the last year plus with women in chemicals alone, that it is a priority to of ours because there's a gap in early education of what the chemical industry has to offer in terms of roles and responsibilities. Um, and it is interviews like these that introduce folks listening in on our community, um, but hopefully we can, we can reach more, uh, specifically earlier education, about what there is to offer in the industry. So uh, I completely agree with you. Amelia, do you have any thoughts? I mean, you, you said it, Kylie, uh, you've touched on a lot of things that we talk about a lot and we do think it's a little bit of a systemic issue, but it's also on the commercial chemical industry. So I was chemistry major, business minor, like probably the perfect candidate to come into a commercial role. And I had no idea that the industry existed. So something that we aim to do is kind of help like fill that gap because you're right, Michelle, there are not a ton of young people in the industry. and Quite frankly, we're not really building a pipeline of talent that we're bringing in and training and ingratiating in our industry. Um, so you might get a call. We're going to tap you to help us figure out how we can do this better. But I definitely, you know, want to go back to my um, alma mater and introduce commercial chemistry, commercial chemical industry jobs to, you know, chemistry majors and even business majors and all kinds of folks, because speaking as someone who was a chemistry major, we were heavily pushed toward academia and pursuing higher and more advanced degrees, being in R&D, and that never appealed to me. And so I really feel like I find myself here by chance, and that's a problem. So yeah, it's definitely something that's on our radar. It seems like everyone I've met in the industry just happens to just fall into it. And that's what's unfortunate is it would be great for someone to not fall into it and be like, I wanna be in this industry. So that would be great one day, yeah. Yeah. So how do we make the chemical industry more glamorous though? Like you come from a very glamorous industry. What interested you in going to tech? It's sexy. Um, <laughs> right. Like it's cool. And, but the thing is, I think the chemical industry is too. It's just, there's this negative connotation around the word chemical and sales and chemical distribution, but we're just selling things that go into toothpaste that you use every day. Like you look at a brand and you're like, hey, I helped put a major ingredient in that. I made something that millions of people do use to like make their lives better. We're wow. selling things that go into the tech industry every day too. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's everywhere. It's like chemicals are part of you. There, people. I, I think there's just been this negative connotation that chemicals are bad, and they're not. They're, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, it's everything. When people ask me, like, do you feel guilty about being in the chemical industry because <laughs> of the environment? I like actually go down their body. I'm like, oh, the glasses that you're wearing. Like, did you know that the polymer comes from the chemical industry and the coating on the lens comes from the chemical industry? And like, oh, let's talk about your skincare routine. Those yeah. are all chemicals. And like, I'm like, oh, you know that the textile that you're wearing probably has chemicals in it. And I feel like you just kind of have to point out that like we're interacting with chemicals essentially nonstop. Yeah. You yeah. have this really cool story. I think you were selling to an airport, right? Mm -hmm. Can you tell it? I, I love that story. Oh, uh, this is back when um, this was New York, New Jersey, LaGuardia, Kennedy, and Newark huge airports. Airport. Yeah, we were selling a, a product that was used to de-ice the runways. And... Um, because you don't want to use salt on million dollar planes because that, that's corrosive. Um, so that was, that was um, a cool piece of business. But after a while, it, uh, when you work with cities and municipalities, I got to watch myself, but um, it seems as if there might be a, a club um, that gets the award most of the time, but 
um, yeah, no, it's during the pandemic, we were selling a key component to soaps to wash your hands. Um, so when you think about that, you know, we, it's an essential ingredient and it's an essential product that kept us all healthy. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's pretty cool. But yeah, chemicals are everywhere. We have to have um, a conversation about it, how, you know, not all chemicals are bad. I mean, you just had a chemical spill at your, your office is <laughs> there. And so, yes, we have to make sure that we're selling chemicals to people that know how to take care of them and use them properly. Um, and then the distribution, I always get that question. Well, why does this company want to buy from your company when you buy from another company? So why don't they just go to this company and that makes it and buy it? Why do, why do they need you? So that that's always a interesting question that I get from time to time. Mm -hmm. During these supply chain shortages, I think chemical distributors came through in flying colors and they were the the companies that actually wore those Superman capes and found products that were hard to find. So of course. Hopefully companies will remember that when they say, well, we just want to go buy from the manufacturer. Sure. Absolutely. So Carol, I'm going to keep you kind of on the, on the question, the hot seat here. So you've been a huge advocate for women in business. Um, what do you feel is the number one threat to women's success in the workplace? And how have you tackled that within your organization? That's such a tough one. I guess if you're pressing me for the number one um, that prevents women from succeeding, I think it's not standing up for what's right or not standing up when there's a disrespect in the room. Um, I think, and not standing up for your true value. So those three are probably the biggest things that are preventing women, I see preventing women from being more successful. Um, and you just have to have the courage to say, no, that's not right. No, please don't speak to me like that. No, I do have an opinion and I'd like you to listen to it. I've listened to your opinion. Mm -hmm. And yes, I deserve and want more money. This is what I'm worth. So I think mm -hmm. those are the things that we have to become more and more comfortable with um, as women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, at my company, it's um, really not uh, an issue. <laughs> so everybody basically tells me what they want to make. And I usually say, okay. <laughs> I think you've created an environment, Carol, where your employees feel comfortable to have the courage to have conversations that you're suggest suggesting might need to happen or have the courage or feel confident and have, you know, embraced the ability to be confident, to be, you know, a seat at the table, um, where some organizations might not have that type of environment or that type of leadership that does offer that type of culture. Um, so I think, I think you, you make good points about speaking your truth and holding true to your values. I think that's very important. And I hope that that's what a lot of people prioritize as they look for positions, right? For something that fits their values and what they're looking for. So um, before we kind of open it up to you guys for closing comments, Michelle, I have one more question for you. Um, do you plan to stay in the, the industry long-term? And what is your hope for the legacy of U.S. chemicals, a women-owned business? Yeah, I really enjoy working in the chemical industry, but I think I hit it last year, last week, but I'm, I'm only a year in it. Um, so I'm still just learning and um, I just want to see how things go. I, I have a lot of hope because I've seen how happy this industry has made my mom and how it still is. And so I do, yeah, I, I'm just taking it day by day because I think when I was younger, I, I was like, I want to do this. And I, I had a whole plan, but now I just, I want to see how things fall into place, but um, 
there's so much opportunity in this industry and that's what really excites me. There's like, the chemical industry is huge. Um, there's so many avenues to go down and especially as like a small business, we can pivot and, you know, change our business model at any time, which is really exciting and just experiment in different areas. And there's also just a lot of, it's an old school industry that there are opportunities for technology and change. And that's something that I really am interested in. I love innovation. And so that's something that I, I, I think keeps me excited to go to work every day is like, we can change this industry. We can change and do things differently. And because there's so much opportunity. Um, my hope for the legacy of US chemicals is, I think I just want anyone that works here to be happy and just, just going to work and be happy with what they're doing and just um, feel like they're doing something bigger than themselves and that they're helping um, millions of people get things and like making a difference. I think that's what I want. And I hope that's what other people that join our company want. Um, yeah, it's like the only thing that I really could wish for and want to be a part of is something bigger than myself. And I think that's what drives me to um, the future of what U.S. chemicals could be. And I, I obviously also really want to keep up this legacy. And um, it's really cool to have my grandfather in this business and my mother. And so that's something that is always in the back of my mind is, you know, keeping little pockets of what they Mm -hmm. they brought in and you know um yeah seeing where it goes yeah I think it's a really good answer I can't add any add anything to that so what I'll do is I will open it up to you both as we wrap up the interview here um and ask if you guys have any advice books you're reading that you like mottos that you live by podcasts to listen to uh, the floor is yours as we wrap up here for anything you'd like to share with our community. I think I'd like to share. I'm not really a big podcast person, except for women in chemicals. Uh, <laughs> what um, during the pandemic, what really got me by I'm kind of a try to be a healthy person is um, Peloton. I don't have any Peloton equipment but I do have the app and I have to say that Peloton really helped me get through the pandemic. So I'm lucky enough to have um, two offices um, and in both of my offices, I have a yoga mat, I have two blocks, I have a blanket, I have a bolster, I have a strap and <laughs> I can just turn my screen around on my computer and put a Peloton class on. And it doesn't have to be long. It can be 10 minutes, it could be five, or it could be 45 minutes. Um, sometimes even in a meeting, if it's just a voice meeting and there's no video, I mean, I can get down on the mat and you know do some pigeon poses or whatever it is. I just think that Peloton, um, this app has just really saved me. They also have walking apps. So you put in your ear pods and you go out. Um, I just had a class with Dennis this morning. He's great. Um, it's just, it's, part of like, I, I want to keep moving. And mm -hmm. that's my advice. My advice would be like, keep moving, drink a lot of water, put your hands in the air, breathe, and just look around and enjoy every single minute of your day. You know, this is a gift. And we're lucky enough to be in an industry that has so many really nice people in it. So I'm proud to be part of this community. Over to you, Dal. Yeah. And I think that's this, like your advice right there is why I love working with you because I'm so high strung and stressed <laughs> and maybe, I think this is a lot of millennials, but we just want to do the best we can. And we work so hard and you just help us relax. And you're like, just sleep on it. I'm like, no, I want to respond right away. And I'm so, and so that's great, but it, I just love it. Um, but some things like my mottos that I, something that I learned at Amazon is that it's okay to fail. And I think that was really scary at first, 
Um, but if you don't try and if, if you fail, it's okay. Like, but at least just try, um, always be learning. I, I think that's really important. And then recently, I think as I'm kind of getting older and, you know, going into this business, I think it's better to be great at a few things than okay at a lot of things. Meaning like, I think in life in general and in business that um, you should surround yourself with people that are smarter than yourself and like, don't try to do everything. Um, it's too much pressure on yourself. Um, you know, just work with other people and use their skills to build something better and bring in your own skills. And um, regarding podcasts, Again, I, I'm not a podcast girl either, but I have been listening to Women in Chemicals a lot. And I think Women in Chemicals and also The Chemical Show by Victoria Meyer are two, if anyone is like new to the industry or just wants to keep learning about the industry, those are two podcasts that I would definitely recommend and joining your community as well is like, just do it. You know, you're going to meet amazing people. Um, it's you just got to start somewhere. And I think that's that's great. I can't ask for anything more than a, a plug for our own podcast there, Michelle. I appreciate it. So that's where I'll close. I can't thank you guys enough for not only your time this afternoon, but your willingness to participate and to promote all things women in chemicals. We would not be here without you guys and your interest and your engagement. So. Thank you very much for all that you've done for our community. And I hope that we get to continue to do this. Maybe we'll do a follow-up, like I said, in a couple of years and see where uh, U.S. Chemicals is at with you both. So I'm going to pass it to Amelia for a closing comment. Awesome. Thank you, Kylie. And Carol, something that you said really stuck with me as, you know, one of the biggest challenges that women face and like maybe facing disrespect or not feeling their opinions are heard or that they have opportunities to speak up. So I hope that this episode can be a call to action to not just the women in our communities, but our allies out there that if you witness this, um, please speak up on behalf of our, your colleagues, female or male. Um, and I think there's a way to deliver that message to whomever is possibly doing the disrespect or not hearing the opinions that is still loving and professional. So I hope that we can all use Carol's point um, to be better colleagues and employees ourselves. And I look forward to someday getting to interview um, Michelle, hopefully with your daughter, and then you can share your Carolisms. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks again, ladies. We really appreciate all that you've done for our community and I'm excited for the rest of the community to hear this one. Thank, Thank you, Kylie. Thank you. Guys you are the best. Yeah.